brothers and sisters in Christ. A reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Now let us attend to God's wisdom for us today. So, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping and eating, going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops a well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of a deep gratitude for all God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you, living then as every one of you does in pure grace. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. In this way, we are like various parts of the human body. Each part gets its own meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we are talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we are made to be, without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other, or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. 
If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. This ends this reading of this holy word. May it be good news to us. So it's been over five months since we here at First Christian have started to do worship in this way, where we had to worship apart from each other. Uh, for me, and also for the rest of the staff here at First Christian, we also all of a sudden had to learn how to do everything online. Um, I am thankful I know a little bit of video editing, but I never really expected that I was going to be doing video editing. That wasn't something that was taught at seminary. I'm thankful for my journalism degree. What I'm learning over these last few months is how different things are when you're doing them this way. Putting a service on Facebook and YouTube is a whole lot different than preaching to a, a group in person. And this whole thing of worshiping apart has its challenges. I mean, how do you reach out to visitors? How do you reach out to members? How do you prepare and welcome visitors that you probably will never see and probably will never know? And then I kind of wonder, are all of you, especially the members of First Christian Church, worshiping online? And what does that mean? What does it mean to worship by yourself in front of a computer screen? And of course, I have to wonder, is anyone watching? Do people out there really care about any of this? Is all of this just a waste of time? Worshiping in this time during a pandemic is in some ways apocalyptic. Now, when I say apocalyptic, I'm not necessarily talking about the end of the world. Though, of course, the times that we live in and this entire year of 2020 feels like the end of the world. No, what I mean is it's actual meaning of that word in Greek. And what it means, apocalypse, is to reveal. That this time that we're living in is apocalyptic and that it is revealing kind of what was in our hearts all along. I was talking to a, a fellow pastor who ha was just starting a new call as this lockdown began. And they found that there were people there that wanted to participate. And even though they could not worship in the building, they were ready to be a part of the church. And then there were others where maybe we don't know, but they just didn't connect. They didn't go online, they didn't do anything. They just kind of pulled back. And this is kind of happening in other congregations. There are some congregations that are finding that they're getting less people 
and worship online than when they met together. And there is some funny that when there is a push back among some people to, to get back to normal. They, they want to get back into the church. But the funny thing is, is that churches that have done that, especially when they've maybe had a, a special service and they do all of the practicing of, of social distancing and putting on masks, they don't get the same numbers that they did before the coronavirus outbreak. Some of this is due to the ongoing pandemic, but I think that some of it is also apocalyptic. It gave people, the coronavirus gave people the excuse that they needed to skip church more regularly. So we are in what they call a liminal time. It's a time between kind of two different periods. And you're left wondering, does worship even matter? And Paul, of course, has the answer. So we're continuing our journey in Romans, and we are now going to chapter 12. And from now on into the end of Romans, this focuses on how the church responds to God's grace. How do we experience this awesome love from God? And how do we live? So Paul starts out in chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, in verse 1, there are two words that I want to focus on today. And that first word is the one I've already been talking about, worship. The church of that time, and actually I'm going to start first, before I do the worship part, I'm going to start with sacrifice. The church in Rome understood what sacrifice was all about. Especially if you were a Jew, you knew what sacrifice was because that's something that you did. You offered up an animal to God. But Paul was writing about a sacrifice. He was using the same word, but in some ways was meaning something different. Paul was talking about something very different from what people thought sacrifice was because sacrifice usually means that if you're giving something to God or whatever God you worship, that thing has to die. And with Paul, the sacrifice that he is talking about and that God wants is one that is alive. God here is not interested in a single sacrifice on an altar somewhere. What God is interested in is a sacrifice, meaning lives that are, seek to follow and live for God. God wants us to sacrifice our lives 
to live in the mold of Christ. So that's sacrifice. And then the other word is what we've been talking about, and that is worship. And we think that we know what worship is all about, don't we? We think that it takes place in a sanctuary. We think that there are hymns and there's preaching and sometimes you have to dress up and sometimes you have to give an offering. That's what worship is, right? Of course, in the last five months where you know that worship is not that as much. It is some of it, but we're doing it very differently than we did if we were talking about this in February. Paul here is saying something different. He says that God is not simply interested in what takes place on Sunday alone. Now, notice that Paul didn't say that worship doesn't matter. Worship does matter. The things that we do in a church matter. But it's not the only thing. And for Paul, worship is more expansive. When we sacrifice our bodies to live in the ways of Christ, that amounts to worship. So worship is not simply a place, a church, or a time when we have worship. It is also a way of life. What matters is what happens, not just what happens inside of a church, on a Sunday or if that church is taking place on video, but it's also what happens when the last song is sung or when, this, or when the video ends. This is not something, what Paul was saying was not something that was new. The prophet Amos in the Old Testament spoke to the people of Israel about their own worship speaking, having God speak through Amos, and God was not happy with the people of Israel. In chapter 5, God says through Amos, I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me with your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of, and the, of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melodies of your hearts. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. In the time of Amos, the people went to worship but the worship that happened was not pleasing to God. And the reason it was not pleasing to God is because the people were not living lives in the way of God, in the ways that God wanted. They treated the poor horribly. There were people who lived in, in luxury and didn't care about the poor that were in their midst. So God couldn't care less about their songs or their sacrifices if they weren't offering, if they weren't caring for their sister and, or brother who was in need. 
So worship matters. But worship isn't just something that happens on a Sunday morning. It happens all the time. So in a time that we are not worshiping, when we are worshiping not physically, when we're not in this church, we need to ask, how are we worshiping God during this time apart? Beyond just watching this church service on YouTube or Facebook on a Sunday morning. How do we worship God after this video ends? One example I can think of is that when we spent, we spent all of those months, three or four months collecting peanut butter and giving it to local food shelves to help people, especially now when the economy is not so good, have something of protein that they can give to themselves and their children. That is a form of worship. So the question here is, how can we, as a community of faith, continue to keep the worship going in this time apart? Because there are needs out there. And not simply just together, but that's important. But also, what are the needs in your neighborhoods where you live? How can you keep the worship going? Because even in this time of a pandemic, even in this time when we cannot come back into this building and come together and worship in person, we are still called to present our bodies as living sacrifices. None of this stops because of COVID-19. The worship continues. So it was a few years ago, I was at a funeral, actually of a church member, of, of a, the, the parent of a church member, and it was at a, a Lutheran church not too far from here. As the funeral finished up, as, and as, we were all as people were leaving, I got into my car and pulled out of the parking lot. And then I saw this sign, so I, and I literally had to stop and take a picture of it before I continued on. And what this sign said, and, and it was also interesting, because the sign was facing as if you, were, so that you could see it as you were heading out. And it simply said, you are entering the mission field. So when Sunday worship ends, when this worship ends today, when this video is done, or when we are back in this building and we are pulling out of the parking lot, the worship continues. And how do we do that? And how we present our bodies as living sacrifices to God, both back when, both then, in the future when we are in this building, and now in this time worshiping apart. Because the worship continues, it doesn't stop, not even for a virus. Thanks be to God. Amen.
We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.